Thank you for joining us today. We believe that the word of God is designed to make a mark in your life that is not easily erased. And right now, God is sharing to us about relationships and how our relationships should not be easily broken. I believe this word of God is going to do just that. Strengthen your relationships so they're not easily broken and you can move forward with a group of people that are supporting what God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, Pastor Brian taught his last message uh, well, not last message, but <laughs> in, in the series of messages that we were teaching. But uh, so we're going to introduce uh, another series to you tonight uh, concerning relationships. Since uh, this is February and tomorrow is Valentine's Day and everybody just do extra. Look at somebody say extra. extra. People just do extra. Which is, which is a, a good thing um, because um, it's good that we understand uh, and love one another. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that. It's interesting because as I was studying concerning relationships and concerning love and thinking about Valentine's Day, I remember a series that I think is so better than any series we had in this church. And it was called Love, Sex, and Lasting Relationships. I'm not really sure how, why people bought that so much. Uh, I don't know whether it was because the word sex was in it. I don't know whether they bought it for the music that was on it, because if you all recall, for those who were here, he played uh, some music in the church. Uh, I remember he played um, some Marvin Gaye, and it was hard to keep the congregation from continuing to sing the song well after he shut the music off, because he was just talking about how things and how music and things that we see influence how we feel and how we act. And, and uh, I mean, after the first, I mean, just the first note, everybody in here just, oh, that's my jam. I'm like, it still is your jam? And they, I mean, just kept saying, he said, shut it off before they backslide up in here. But, uh, <laughs> But we're going to uh, talk about relationships, and we're going to talk about love. Uh, and um, the, the Word of God had a lot, has a lot to say about relationships. He has a lot to say. The Word of God has a lot to say about love. Uh, be he be talking about marriage, brotherly love, family love, love of God, loving your neighbor, friendship. God talks a lot about relationship because God is a relationship God. Um, and again, during this time of the year, all over America and, you know, other places in the world are celebrating uh, February the 14th as Valentine's Day. Uh, people take it as a time to express their love, uh, most a lot of times in romantic love. But it, you can find cards concerning Valentine's for children, parents. So it's just a time of expressing uh, your compassion for other people. And so I decided I never have actually looked into where Valentine's even came from. So I decided I'd do a little research for you. And for some of you, you may know, others may not. But uh, Valentine's Day actually uh, came about in about, uh, let's see, 270 AD, or where it started to originate from, because there actually was a priest called Valentine's. Actually, there were three. But Valentine's Day developed after the very first uh, priest whose name was Valentine, and uh, some people don't want to celebrate Valentine's because, you know, we always have the extremes because uh, there was a festival day of fertility on the 15th, so they're like, that's where it came from, so church people ought not to be celebrating Valentine's Day, but when, <laughs> but when you go back and actually look at it, uh, look at its, its origin, uh, the Catholic Encyclopedia gives a history of uh, St. Valentine's, and... Um, he was a priest who, like I said, lived during the third century, around 270 AD. He actually openly opposed the pagan gods that uh, the emperor was worshiping. And what the emperor did was, is he made a decree that all that no young men were allowed to get married, because what he needed to do was uh, get men to fight in his war or fight the wars that they were in, the battles they were in, and he felt like if they got married, it would weaken them. So therefore, he made a decree saying no young man was allowed to get married. Well, 
uh, Valentine did not agree with that, so he secretly married people. When they would come to him, he would secretly marry them. And, uh, of course, the king finds out, and uh, the emperor finds out, and, of course, he's upset, and so he has him arrested. And then, um, of course, he never backed off of his conviction. He was like, no, I think they still should be married. I have Christian values. So he actually uh, had him beat and beheaded on the, fourth, on the 14th of February. <laughs> and uh, because of his, because he was so upset with him because he wouldn't renounce his Christianity. But during his time of waiting for his execution, um, one of the jailers became friends with him and uh, wanted him to pray concerning his daughter who was blind. So he prayed concerning his daughter who was blind who, got, who regained her sight. And so therefore, uh, friendship was developed. And so uh, prior to his execution, Valentine actually sent a note to her, and he signed it, my Valentine. <laughs> but it wasn't a romantic, it was a, it's more of a Christian brotherly kindness type of a relationship. And so uh, also to go along with that, further study I found out that uh, in the, I think it's in the Greek, the way they spelt out Christ was an X. You know how you get the X's and the O's? <laughs> That's supposed to signify love. Um, so the Greek name for Christ was written with an X. Later on, the X was called Christ's cross. And then later on, people, you know how people shorten thing, it was called Chris cross. And then the cross uh, became a form of an oath. And so therefore, when you signed your name to something, that was an oath that you were going to abide by everything that was, that was said. Uh, so the origin of signing uh, Valentine's with X's and O's was a pledge before God to be faithful and sealed with a kiss of sincerity. So you've all been doing X's and O's and didn't even know why you were doing it. When in actuality, it is an oath and it used to represent Christ. Amen? So now you know, now you can feel better about getting your cards and all these other things for everyone. Um, um, actually, when we think about the love of God in relationship um, or love, period, it involves a relationship of some type on some type of a level when you talk about, uh, when you talk about love. As a matter of fact, as I was thinking, I said, God is actually the ultimate lover, he is the ultimate lover uh, because in uh, John, of course, 3.16, it says, for God so loved the world. And I want to read that to you, but I'm going to read it to you out of the uh, Passion Translation, um, John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, for this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique, unique son as a gift so now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. So it says God is the first one to really express this deep, compassionate type of love towards us. We call it agape love, unconditional love. And then in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, all of these scriptures will be, I'll be reading out of the Passion Translation. It said, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in place while we were still lost and ungodly. And it says, and there is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Isn't that good news? That God loves us so very, very much. He says that he wants, us, he wants us to be rooted and grounded in his unfailing love. There's a passage in the Old Testament, I believe it's in Isaiah, where he says that, um, that God doesn't, I mean, he is not in love, but he's not, he's not enamored by the strength of horses or the strength of man. He said, but he said, what I love for you to have and understand is my unfailing. Uh, failing love for you. He said, that's really, that's really what it's all about. He said, I want you to understand and know about my unfailing love towards you. My love will never 
fail towards you. I'll, I, I, like I tell you sometimes, I'm not angry with you. I'm not even slightly upset with you. That's how God sees us. He says, he says, so I want you to be confident in my love that I'm not going to withdraw it. I'm not going to pull it back from you. I'm not going to withhold anything from you at all because of my love for you. My deep, compassionate love towards you. Let's look at Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. And this is what Paul said as he began to recognize the love of God and as it became deeper and deeper uh, instilled in him. He says, my old identity has been so crucified with, with with Messiah and no longer live. I no longer live. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives, in, lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. He said, God loves me so much that we have become intertwined with one another. It's like Paul is saying, you can't separate us from each other. He says, I, he says I, I'm coming to know and understand the love of God so much that I'm, I'm almost disappearing where you can't even see me because of God's love for me is covering me to the point where all you see is Christ in me. He said, that's the type of love God has for us. He's saying that uh, I want to live through you. I want to express myself through you and in you and, and through and to everyone else, my great love for you. So Paul says, you know what? I'm, I, he said, I'm shrinking back from who I used to be because I want to be enthralled in the love of God for me. I want that to be my main focus. I want that to be the thing that I think about. I want that to be the thing that motivates me, that gets me going, that gets me up at night. I want that to be the, the, the thing that causes me to, to forgive. I want that to be the thing that causes me to look at people differently. I want the love of God so in me. I want to, I want to be living out this love of God in me. I want to yield myself to him because of this unfailing love towards me. And I can do it. This is what Paul says. I can do it. And I don't mind doing it because he's not going to fail me. He's not like man. He's not going to fail me. Everything he's promised me, he is going to do it. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to empower me. He's going to express his love to me. I can depend on him. I can rely on him. I can lean on him because his love will never fail me. He said, he won't give me up. He won't let me go. You know, there's a pastor scripture that says, I will not, I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. I will not do that. He said, I want you to rest. That's what Paul was saying. I'm I'm learning to rest in that love. I'm learning to rest in that love. I'm, I'm not trying to compare it to any other love in this world, because it's not comparable to any of the other loves in this world. He said, men have good intentions, but they can fail you. Not that they desire to or even want to, but some circumstances they can't, they really just can't fulfill that obligation that they made towards you. And when I think about that, I often again go think about many, many years ago uh, when I heard a message Um, actually, Pastor Cynthia was teaching it, and she says, you know, I know my husband loves me a great deal. She said, but bottom line, I'm not depending on him to supply me with what I need. I'm actually depending on God. She says, I know that he will use him as a vessel to get me what I need. So therefore, I'm not ever upset over something he can't do because I know God can. And so she says, so I don't put pressure on him to do anything. She said, I just asked God for it, and he used, he's using him as a vessel. Praise God that he's willing to be used as a vessel concerning these things. I guess the man said, whew, thank you, Pastor Jim. <laughs> <sighs> thank you so much. <laughs> but in actuality, God is the one who says that I'll supply your needs. God is the one who said that I'll support you. God is the one who says that I'll take care of you. God is the one who says I will, I will protect you. Those are the things that God says, I'm obligated to do. Hallelujah. 
and he will never come short of his promises. So sometimes we put heavy burdens on people when they, they, their desire is to, but they just can't get it done. Amen. So look at somebody and say, just give me a break. It's okay, because God will, God, will, God will take care of you. I promise you he will. He'll take care of you. Even, even if, even if your, your, your husband is not providing the way you think he should, do you think that God's going to let you go lacking just because he won't? Or can't? There is a way. There is a way. There's a path. God said, it's the way of love. I love you so much. I don't love you based upon other people. I love you based upon your faithfulness or your, your coming to me and trusting in Jesus Christ and what he's done. He says, that, that's, that's the essence of it all. You know, sometimes I look at it and I think to myself, I, and I always thought this, I said, you know, um, having a husband is like a fringe benefit. Or having a wife is like a fringe benefit. It's not the whole of my life. You know, it's almost like you have a job and you quit the job because a friend's benefit was taken away. Okay, y'all ain't, y'all ain't there. <laughs> but that, that is the way, I mean, I get, to, I get to live out my life and my life and my relationship with God is, is, is the uh, top relationship in my life. So I can be challenged in other relationships, but as long as my relationship is right with God, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I still can have peace, joy, happiness. I, you know, I, 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 still can, I still can function and I can still rest in God because I'm not validated based upon a person. I find my security and my validation through God, through Jesus Christ, through the word of God. So you don't ever have to feel like you're lacking in any areas because, you know, there's some marriages where you could be married and be the most loneliest person in the world. So somebody present does not mean that they're all in or there. (laughs) Amen. God is good. Isn't he good? His unfailing love for us. Uh, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I know I read that. We're going to read it again. Did I read that to you? Yeah, we're going to read it again. Paul says, my old identity has been, so, has been co-crucified with Messiah and no, uh, and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3. And verse 1. And he says, look with wonder at the death of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. You know, when you stick beloved there, that becomes something very special because that's what he said concerning Jesus. He says, uh, he has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. We are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become, but we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him, for we, see his, for we will see him as he truly is. He says that we are God's children right now. Now, not we're becoming God's children, but we are God's children right now. And God wants so much for us to experience this love, not just know it, but have an experience with this love. That's what it says in Ephesians uh, chapter 3 when he talks about the fact that um, he wants us to have 
uh, know this love by not just knowledge, but by experience. He said, I want you to experience my love. I don't want you to just know about it, talk about it, sing about it. He said, but I want you to experience this love. I want, I want, I want to impact your life that you know that you're loved. Some days you may have a warm and fuzzy feeling about it. Other days you just know that God loves you. When you see things happening, for, for me, any good that happens to me, I believe it's because of God. And I take it as that's God's loving on me. You love me because you, let the, you, you caused this to happen for me. You love me so you had this person to show me favor. These are all his expressions of love towards us. God, you listen, God is trying, God is going, to, if it's such a going overboard to try to express his love towards us. God is doing some, I think sometimes some of the most ridiculous things just so that he can say, look, I love you. I know you didn't deserve it. You know you didn't deserve it, but I caused it to happen for you anyway. I know you look back and say, how in the world did I get here? How in the world did this happen for me? Why did that person do that for me? God says, it's me, it's me. I'm trying to show to you that I honestly love you so much to the point I, I'm, not holding, I'm not holding you accountable for any wrong stuff you did. All I want you to know is that I love you. That's the only thing I want you to know is that I love you. That's why I sent Jesus. That's why I discount all of the stuff that you do, all the stuff you think, all the stuff you say, because I'm trying to get you to see my abundance of love. I'm trying to get you to understand how much I love you that I will forgive you for stuff you haven't even done yet. He said, that's how much I'm trying to get you to understand that I love you. And I'm not going to withdraw my love from you. I'm not going to pull it back from you. I'm not going to pull it back because Jack or John or Jill talking about you. Praise God. God is big on relationships. And our relationship with him should be the main relationship, the first relationship. And then we should allow other relationships to develop based upon the relationship we actually have with God. Because having a relationship with God will help us to maneuver and handle the relationships that we have. Some of them, he may ask us to let go of that relationship. Some of them, he may say, you need to develop a relationship or you need to maintain a relationship. But all that comes from us being one with God and having a relationship with him so he can help us with our associations and the people that we are a part of. You know, uh, we're gonna go over some of these different loves. I may not do them all, but uh, because some types of loves are not good for you. God wants us to learn how to interact with one another. Um, so we're going to look at some different expressions of love. Some we'll talk a little bit about. Others, you know, you don't have to go that far in depth with them. Most of the time we talk about three kinds of loves, but I just figured we might look at maybe eight. How about that? <laughs> now, okay, so some of you scholarly Greek people, I may not pronounce the word right, but I will get the definition right. How about that? Okay, so... <laughs> First love we're going to look at here is um, uh, eros. And, of course, most people know what that is. It's a physical body type of pleasure type of love. So uh, that has its place. And then we have phileo. That's an affectionate type of love. Uh, it often involves feelings of loyalty among friends, you know, camaraderie among pals. Uh, you got to pack with a group of people, you know, like... Uh, all of us are cheerleaders, we meet with each other, well, I love you, you know, I, it, it, it comes from those type of relationships. So that's another type of love that we experience. Uh, we have, um, let me make sure I say this right, this is uh, Storga, S-T-O-R-G-E. This is a familiar type of love. Um, it, it's an affection that flows like between parents and children, or uh, it could be a childhood friend, that type of, uh, of uh, love. And sometimes that love can uh, 
be a little dangerous on account of sometimes when people grow up with friends, they don't want to let those friendships go, although those friendships can be toxic, but because I've known her since I was in the first grade, and we've always been friends, and guys, we've always been buddies and pals, but then God starts taking you in a different direction, and they don't like it. But you're still trying to maintain the friendship because of the length of it. We've always done things together, but then now you have different choices. So you see, so that's why God has to be involved in your relationships because sometimes he's saying, you need to let that go. And sometimes people find it very difficult. They don't know how to break it off. They don't know how to say, you know what? Uh, we're going down two different roads. And sometimes people hint at it, but how many of you know sometimes the severing can hurt just a little bit? because of what you think you're going to miss out on. And sometimes people do it because they think they're going to hurt the other people's feelings, when in actuality, they happen to destroy your life. So, you know, we have to make sure, again, that if, if, uh, when we're developing relationships, that God be a part of all of this. And these, the catalyst for this is memories. I remember when. I mean, have you, I mean, have you ever had anybody come into your past ever in your life and say, remember when we used to... And they're talking about all the horrible stuff you used to do, all the things that you ought not to be doing as a Christian. But then they want to bring you down memory lane so that you can travel down that road again. Everybody's had them. I know everybody's had those relationships. And you try to figure out how to tell them, that's, be, you're like, Paul, that's not me anymore. I don't know who that is. Sometimes you have to just tell them, I don't know who that is. And then you have uh, Ludus, L-U-D-U-S. This is kind of a playful uh, love between, should be between couples. It's flirting and teasing, and it's kind of euphoria type of deal. Uh, and if you are not married, it could be a dangerous type of thing. So some of these apply to others and not to others. So we don't want you that are single flirting and teasing and trying to get that euphoric feeling towards someone, because it could be, for some people, it could be misleading. It could be misleading. You think it means one thing when in actuality, they just playful. But it is good in a marriage because it keeps the marriage exciting. Amen. That's an emotional type of love. And uh, then you have mania. Anybody can assess, uh, know what that kind of might be? Or just say crazy. <laughs> This is an obsessive type of love. People say, I love you. I cannot do without you. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's that type of person who uh, their self-worth is all is tied into a person. And they feel like they can never be separated from that person. I had a friend that was like, that was, uh, got into a relationship like that when we was in college. Um, and we kept saying, is something wrong with it? She's like, no, no, he just loves me that much. To the point where he tells you when to go to class. Uh, we kept saying, aren't you paying for this education? And he calls you up every morning to tell you which classes you can go to? Because he's concerned about your safety. I'm thinking, it's daylight outside. It's OK. All of us are walking on campus. If need be, we can. Or he would, he would have her wait till he got there, till he walked her to class. He didn't even live on campus, so it was like, wait till I drive there, and then I'll walk you to all your classes. And so we kept saying, that's, she kept saying, no, that's just, he just, it's just a little jealousy. I'm like, that's not little, that's, that's big. But she actually eventually married him. Everybody's like, ooh, oh, see, sitting in those seats, y'all can say that, because it's not you. But, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's giving her all these gifts and, you know, a nice person. But, I mean, there were some days he told her that she couldn't even associate with us. We were like, what? There's something wrong with that relationship. But she did marry him. And so after they got married, um, I remember my friend and I went to go see her. And, of course, we didn't call or anything. We came. We knocked on the door. And she's like, hey, how y'all doing? Did we notice we talking through the door? It's like... Can you open the door? He locked her in the house. So she couldn't leave during the day. Till he came home. So is it crazy? <laughs> yes, but she thought it was love. 
And then eventually, the way she got out of it is she, I remember she called me, she said, I joined the Job Corps. So I could get, <laughs> she said, I joined the Job Corps so I could get away. <laughs> so, you know, when, you, when people start telling you stuff like, I can't live without you, and I got to be with you every day, and I got to know where you going and what you doing, and I'm kind of controlling this situation, you need to. There you go. Because they, they think they can't survive without you. Ooh, somebody said, wow. Mm. You have to notice those signs early. <laughs> then you have the, uh, oh, this reminded me of that movie, Fatal Attraction. Did anybody see that? That was insane. Oh, my God. It makes it scary to meet people. Um, but uh, <laughs> then you have pragma. This is enduring love. This is a love that has aged over maturity of time. It's developed. Uh, there's a wonderful harmony. Sometimes you see it in older couples. You know, they just, they just good with each other. They just good with each other. They, they still tease and they still playful. And, and uh, things just not a big deal to them anymore. Things that, you know, would set a 20-year-old couple off or a 30-year-old couple off, they don't even care anymore. It's like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm good to go. I know you love me. Uh, I'm not offended by anything you might say or things you might do. And, uh, and it's, it's fun to watch couples like that because they can be very entertaining. Um, I'll throw Pastor Nick and Miss Franny out there. Um, but they are, they are an entertaining couple. <laughs> Uh, but it, it develops over time, which also means that could be with friendships as well. They develop over time, and um, um, it's matured into something that you just you just not offended. You just you just you just go with it. That's the type of friendship I have with my friend uh, Linda in uh, uh, Montgomery. Um, we cannot talk to each other for I don't know months sometimes, and call her, and it's just like we were talking yesterday. Anytime we have any challenges in our lives, we'll call each other up and pray for each other. Uh, we just, it's just like that with us now. So that's a, that's a pragma love. That's an enduring love. Uh, it's almost done unconsciously because you just, you know, develop that type of relationship. And then there is fellatia. Uh, Did I say that right? Felucia. Felatia, Felucia. Um, this one is not so healthy sometimes because it's talking about a self-love. It could be, uh, you know, the person who is just plain old vain. That's what I said Pastor Paul was when I first met him, that he was vain. I mean, who wears spades on the tip of their shoe? Who does that? Y'all looking at me. I'm just saying who, he loved himself so much. I mean, when I think about it, my first introduction to him was he asked if we, my friends and I, about five of us, he asked his cousin, could we come down the stairs so he could see us so he could choose one? <laughs> something wrong with you. You like, you, you like yourself so much that you think you've you got it going on like that. But anyways, this is a, this is a vain type of love. <laughs> Vanity. Um, and on the other hand, it can be a self-love where it is that you're comfortable with yourself now. You're okay with yourself. You love yourself. You don't have self-hate towards yourself, but you love yourself. And, um, you know, the one thing about yourself is you can't get away from you. So you, I mean, so you need to really like you. I mean, you can't. <laughs> Every morning you get up, you're with you. And it's something wrong with a person who can't stand to spend time with themselves. You know, like, everywhere you go, you got to have noise because you don't want any silence. It, you, there's got to be people with you all the time. You just, you know, so... Uh, that's unhealthy, but healthy is that I'm okay with me. I'm good with me. 
I'm not, I'm not cutting myself down. I'm not, uh, I don't think so little of myself that um, I don't want to, um, some people call it being shy. Um, it's, it's like, I, I, I don't want to be seen. I need to sit in the back. I don't, I, I, I don't think, I don't ever think I'm good enough for it, for anything. That, that's, that's, that's not the way God wants us to be. He wants us to be comfortable with ourselves. Amen. And then, of course, it's the agape love. This is a selfless love, unconditional love. It's boundless compassion. It's free from desires and expectations. Love regardless of flaws and shortcomings of others. And we're all growing in that. Everybody's growing in, in the agape love for one another. But that's why God wants us to be at a place like that, because that's where he is. And understand this, you're not going to get there by yourself. I don't, think you, I don't think there's a human person can have an agape love towards someone without the help of the Holy Spirit and God. He has to constantly be talking to us about what we think, how we feel, things you said about people. I mean, because sometimes it just it, it can just happen just like that. You've said something negative about someone, and it's like, oops. When the agape love is an unconditional love for one another, and that's where God actually wants us to be. As a matter of fact, First John says that people will know us by our love for one another. And sometimes as the body of Christ, we think people are going to know us because of our scriptures that we know. They're going to know us because we have a fish on something. They're going to know us because we carry a Bible. They're going to know us. You all understand what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it, but the Bible says that the world is going to know us because of our love for one another. How we treat each other in the body of Christ. It's quite interesting like in uh, uh, families, a lot of times or sometimes our children, until they learn better, will treat their outside friends better than they treat their family members. They're forgiving of them. They're okay with them for stuff they do. They're willing to share whatever they have. They want to spend time with them. And so that's not, as parents, when we're raising our children, we don't want it to be that way. But that's sometimes how it looks. Well, that's the way it is sometimes in the body of Christ. But God says, people are going to know us. They're going to know us because of how we express love towards one another. They're going to know us because of the relationships that we develop with one another. The world is going to see God by the way we act and the way we express love. The way, Because unfortunately, in the Bible, it talks about, there's a translation talking about cannibal Christians. When somebody's down, you, you, you eat them alive. I don't know why, I don't know why they're acting like that. I don't know what happened. You mean to tell me that took place? You, you know, just, just those type of things. And um, God, he doesn't, he doesn't like it. It's, it's funny, I was, uh, I think I was talking, I can't remember what I was talking to, and they were talking about these um, um, pranks that they sometimes play on. I, I don't, I never watched the show, don't know the program or whatever it is, but calling up and making pranks concerning Christians. And uh, they called up this lady, been in church for many, many, many years. And they said to her, Sister Susie, we're so sorry we're going to have to ask you to leave the church because we heard that your son was arrested. And since your son was arrested, we can't have you at our church. And she was like, what do you mean you can't have me at the church? She said, well, you know, that's a bad example for the young people to know that your son, who was an adult, by the way, has committed some, some crimes and he's in jail. So you can't come back to our church anymore. Well, she's shocked and appalled because what do you mean I can't come back to church because of what my son did? But you know we have some Christian people like that. Why are you here? We know about your daughter. We know about your son. How can you be? But the Bible says that people will know us. Maybe that's why they can't identify some Christians. They can't identify you because they're looking for the love meter. And they can't find it. 
It's like I got, I got my meter clicking, and I think I heard you gossiping about somebody. I think I heard you say this. Did, did, you, did you really, did you take that? So, you know, in, in our desire to teach you about the ways of God, in our desire to have you understand Scripture, in our desire to help you to uh, navigate life and the challenges that come and understanding that God is a, a present help, in, in our efforts to uh, help you to um, live out your life in victory, we cannot escape, we cannot leave out, we cannot negate the love. We can't do it. Otherwise, we just got people coming in trying to figure out how to fix their problem without the love. And it's the love that should connect us together. It's the love that should be bonding us together. It's the love that, that we're supposed to be helping us to care for one another to the point of I'm concerned about you because if you hurt, then I hurt. If something's going on with you, I feel like it's going on with me to the point where I'm willing to pray for you. I'm not trying to make a show of anything. I'm not trying to show that I know more scripture than you or, or, or uh, I'm more skilled in the word than you are or I got some special gifting and some anointing because the giftings and talents and anointings that we have are supposed to be for the edifying of the body of Christ, for building up the church. You do know that, right? So we cannot forget about the love factor. And a lot of times people don't want to talk about the love of God unless the love of God is fixing to do something for me. So, you know, we can't, we can't negate that the relationship that God desires to have with us is based totally upon love. Totally upon love. That's the thing that caused him to move. That's the thing. It says Jesus was moved with compassion on the people. And then he says, I want to live through you which means that we have to be compassionate towards one another, yes. meaning we have to feel for one another, meaning that uh, uh, I got to extend, I, I, I got to care about you to the point that it causes me to do something. Now, I'm not telling you to take responsibility for people because that's what God does, but what I am saying to you is we have to, as a body of Christ, be sensitive to one another. And when someone falls, we're supposed to be there lifting them up and praying for them and praying them through and encouraging them and strengthening them and saying, I'm in here with you. I'll throw you a lifeline. And when people see the body of Christ concerned about the body of Christ and see that love coming through, they can't help but take note that we've been with Jesus. And that's what God wants to do. He says, let me lavish this love upon you and you, and you go out and you, and you tell everybody about it. You tell everybody about how much I love you. You tell, you tell the whole world how a loving God I am, not a God of condemnation, not a God out to get them, not a God uh, trying to pick a fight with them, not a God who's saying things about them, not a God looking to hurt them in any kind of way, not a God trying to send you to hell, but a God who is trying to get you into heaven, a God who's trying to get you to become a part of the kingdom of God right now, not in the sweet by and by, but right now God loves you. Right now God cares about you. Let me tell you how much God loves you because he loved me because he sent his son for me and he sent his son for you. So that we might have a relationship that should be a bond of unity and that bond of unity need to come from our expression of love for one another. We cannot get so busy that that our Christianity just become a formality to us that we just come to church because that's what Christians do. We hug because Christians ought to hug. We shake hands because Christians ought to shake hands. And we got this role that we got and we playing it out. God said, this is not a play. This is, this, is, this is not theater. 
in Romans, he says that, he says, listen, don't let, he said, don't let your love be, uh, what is called dissimulation. He said, don't make it fake. Don't let it be false. See people live in the moment. What I mean by living in the moment, when you walk up to people, don't, I mean, we, all of us sometimes get distracted, but live in the moment. You're around people. Do you know that you're around people? Can you smile at the person? Can you greet them? Glory to God. Can you give them a hug? Can you say, I love you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God is very concerned about relationships because he, 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 he is the most, God is the most relational person being you ever can meet. He is so involved in who we are and what we're doing. He said, that's why I counted the number of hairs on your head. I was with you when you got up this morning. I, I saw nine, number 944 fall out. You know I'm keeping count. I'm so in love with you that anything that concerns you, it concerns me automatically. Hallelujah. So God, he's saying this relationship that we have, this relationship that I want to have with you is going to cause all kinds of sensitivities in you. Sensitivities towards each other. It's supposed to be. Not condemnation, not judgment, but a sensitivity towards one another. That's the kind of love that God is saying the world will look at and say, what in the world is that? Hallelujah. Oh, I am so excited about God. I'm so excited over uh, 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 the experiences of his love. It's just, you know, what we sometimes used to say, uh, how, how I love you, let me count the ways. God want us probably to start counting the ways that he loves us. Start looking at how he loves us, how he can, oh my goodness. I, I mean, and just being thankful, being thankful. Thankful for the spouse you have. Thankful for your, your brothers and sisters. Thankful, not, not because there's a condition attached to it, you understand what I'm saying? There's some people who don't have brothers or sisters. And maybe they experience mania now, but it's okay. <laughs> God can fix all those things. Somebody said, which one was mania? The crazy one. But anyways, <laughs> I'm just saying the foundation has got to be love. It's 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 got to be. It's got to be the foundation. It's got to be what we breathe. It's got to be what we live out. It's got to be. And God is, he, he, he's, he goes overboard. Just, just overboard. Just overboard. It's like, you know what? I'm going overboard. I'm going to give you mercy. I'm going to give you grace. I'm just going to love you. I'm going to love you through any condition and through anything. That's, I'm just going to love you through it. I'm going to love you through it. Whatever it is, I'm going to love you through it. Just recognize that I love you, and I'm going to take care of you. And the things that I tell you only has to do with, only has to do with the fact that I am motivated. God is completely motivated by his love for us. Not anything you could do, not anything you can say. He is completely motivated by love. God is enamored over you. Enamored over you. He's thrilled over you. He's excited about you. He's he's. I, I just, I wish I could find all, find all the words, but God, when he sees you, I'm, when he sees you, it's just like my child. It's like my beloved. He said, I, I, I love you. I, 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 I love you through whatever it is. I'm, I'm right here. Don't you ever think that I'm going to leave you. Don't you ever think that I'm going to go away. Don't you, don't you let, don't you let Satan fill your thoughts with because you're challenged that I'm gone somewhere. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. 
And if it's necessary for you to walk through this, I will strengthen you. Every day you will be able to get up. Every day you will be able to walk through it. Every day you'll be able to take a breath. Every day. Every day I'm right here. I'm going to make sure that you come out on the other side better than what you were. Understand, people, sometimes we have to live a revelation versus hearing it. Because when you live the revelation, nobody can take it from you. Because you know that you know that you know God took you through it. You know that God revealed it to you. You know God showed it to you. Nobody told you, but God showed it to you. God had, listen, every experience that we go through, God is saying, let me show you how much I love you. I may not have set the situation up, but now that it's here, let me show you how I can express my love towards you. Let me show you. Um, let me show you how you're gonna know more once you come through it. Let me show you how you're going to see more of me. Let me show you how you're gonna have a revelation of your own to speak about and declare of me. Let me show you that 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 I am God and I'm not gonna change. I'm going to stay the same. And whatever I say, I'm gonna keep my words towards you because I love you so much. And there's nothing to keep me from doing what I said that I was going to do. Nothing to keep me from it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm, God is such a good God. He's such a good God. Such a good God. And I'm telling you, he's concerned about every relationship that you are in. He's concerned about every relationship. And I thank God that uh, he's, a, he's inspired upon our hearts to talk to you about relationships and love and, and so that uh, we get out of any toxic relationships that we're in because God knows that that does not pull the love out of us. But the only thing it does is drags us down. That he'll show us that we may need to develop some new relationships to pull us up to a higher place. I remember um, Pastor Lamar said that he liked to hang out with people who know more than he does so it could pull more out of him versus being intimidated and staying where he is. Ha. Huh. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus is such a good, 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 good high priest. Amen. Heavenly Father. Thank you for listening today. We believe that the word of God has the power to change our lives. And I just want you to know that we are praying for you. We're believing for you, for your relationships to be stronger than ever and be stable. This is the year of stability. And we're believing God that everything we touch will be strengthened. 